William the Conqueror is undoubtedly one of Europe's most influential rulers, and his name has been passed down through history because of the momentous accomplishments of his lifetime. Most notably and widely known is his conquering of England in 1066. However, his death was anything but fit for a king. What's up, Iwu crew? Digging into this true piece of history taught me one thing for sure. There are some things you just can't make up. If you're already part of the Iwu crew, hit that like button. And if you haven't joined us yet, hit like and subscribe before we get into it. And don't forget to look for the hidden Easter egg in this video, because if you're the first person to point it out, your comment will get pinned. Now, let's get into it. Instead of focusing on his more notable battle prowess as both the Duke of Normandy and eventual King of England, we're going to explore his gluttony in life, his smelly final days, the very gross treatment of his remains, and his disastrous funeral, which was memorable for all the wrong reasons. However, before we get into his death, it's important to note a little bit about who he was in life, and how his trials and tribulations led to his graceless end. William the Conqueror, or William I, is most famously remembered as the mighty Duke of Normandy, who, after the death of Edward the Confessor, led the Norman invasion of England in September of 1066. Once his fleet landed on English territory, he decisively defeated and killed Harold Godwinson at the Battle of Hastings in October 1066. Christmas Day of that same year, he was crowned King of England in London, ushering in profound changes that cannot be understated and shaping the history of England forever. Even today, his legacy is debated as some view him one of the notable creators of England's greatness, while some think that his invasion was England's greatest loss. William's reign was marked by unsuccessful rebellions against him and numerous battles as he struggled to consolidate his power over both England and his continental lands. Most notable were the issues he faced with one of his own sons, his eldest, Robert Curthose. Curthose, meaning short boots, was the unflattering nickname William gave his own son, a lasting reminder that the two did not get along. William was not particularly well liked by those around him, one doesn't get the name The Conqueror by going easy on people. He was known to be vicious and ruthless as he fought his way to the throne of England, and in order to keep it, he continued to forcefully impose his will. He had a standard response to those who opposed him, going to battle, burning down villages, sometimes chopping off the hands and feet of rebels, and ultimately killing thousands. It is an important note that this type of response may sound particularly cruel to us, but was practiced by most medieval warriors and kings. In fact, William is even remembered as being slightly more lenient as he didn't chop off people's heads. William was a soldier through and through, described by contemporaries as a burly man, without equal as a fighter and as a horseman. He was also said to be strong enough to pull back bows that others were incapable of using. So how did this robust military leader end up having one of the grossest and most disastrous funerals? Well, it seems that William the Conqueror may have taken the motto, treat yourself, a little too far in his later years. Though undoubtedly, after so many battles, he deserved a little indulging. 
However, he went a little overboard. William enjoyed the finer things in life, and in medieval Europe, the luxuries were often food. As a victorious king, William frequently indulged in magnificent foods to the point of gluttony. Historians record that William appeared to have great health into his old age, but his weight began to dramatically increase as he got older. One English chronicler from the time made sure to note that as he aged, William became very corpulent, meaning he was quite fat. At one point, William is believed to have become rather dismayed at his weight gain and even attempted to lose some of the pounds he had packed on. However, he apparently believed that only consuming wine and spirits counted as a diet, which it certainly did not. His dedication to drinking only wine did nothing to help his rotund stomach. His weight gain would have had little consequence if it hadn't played such a large role in his eventual demise. By his later years, William was known to have grown to an impressive size. In fact, we have a contemporary source that gives us a vivid idea of what William may have actually looked like. In 1087, William was told that King Philip I of France had described to others that he looked like a pregnant woman about to give birth. William, a proud soldier, was furious at hearing this unflattering description. He ended up retaliating and mounted an attack on the French king's territory. This event is a little more complicated than simply his wounded pride, as his eldest son, Robert Curthose, was an ally of the French king. It was during this campaign against his own son that William would meet his end. Rather than a grand death during battle, William either became sick and collapsed from the heat and effort of fighting, or fell off his own horse and was injured by the pommel of his saddle. Medieval saddles often had wooden pommels that were high and hard and reinforced with metal, so falling on one could do some serious damage. Most historians agree it was the pommel of his saddle that finally did in the warrior king. And this is where his weight gain played its role. You see, William's horse reared up unexpectedly, something that should have been no issue for the practiced soldier. However, his weight had dramatically changed and made him uneven as he sat on the saddle. So when the horse reared, the pommel slammed right into his gut. It's believed that the blow actually punctured his intestines. For six weeks, those around William tried to save him, and he was brought to the priory of St. Gervais. But there was nothing that medieval medicine could do to heal his internal injuries. One of his contemporaries described the king's injuries in classic medieval understanding by saying that he fell sick from the excessive heat and his great fatigues. Regardless of exactly how William started to decline, an infection likely spread from his wound and eventually killed him on the 9th of September, 1087. Complete disorder followed his passing. Without going into too much detail, as we're mainly talking about William's disastrous funeral, when he died, he left the throne of England to his second surviving son, William Rufus, skipping over his firstborn, Robert Curthose. Robert, on the other hand, was given his father's lands in Normandy. Splitting his lands like this resulted in strife between his heirs for decades, if not centuries. His choice also resulted in all of those who had been with him at the time of his death immediately abandoning his body 
to attempt to consolidate their own power once William was no longer there. As well, William's ruthless reputation during his lifetime, part of what got him the throne of England, also meant he had few friends by the time that he died. Following his death, he had even fewer, and even his attendants soon deserted. People actually fled so quickly that William's body was left half-naked where he had died, though some accounts say he was totally naked and discarded on the floor. The room where William's body was left was almost immediately looted, likely by servants, leaving it bare and derelict, almost certainly not how the king had imagined his eventual demise. The other consequence was that William's body was left waiting for burial while everyone else worried about what lands they were going to receive. He should have been embalmed soon after death, but no one seemed to think it was their duty to begin the embalming process. The story goes that with no one else taking on the duty to prepare the king's body, it was a passing knight who finally took pity and started to embalm William. Sort of. By the time the knight showed up, decomposition had already started, and so he couldn't fully embalm William, though he tried. It was the clergy at Rouen, where William died, who finally arranged to have his body sent to Caen, where William desired to be buried in the foundation of the Abbaye aux not his own family who were too busy squabbling amongst themselves, albeit over the throne of England, which was no small prize. The problem was that Caen was situated about 70 miles from Rouen and could only be traveled by boat, a notoriously slow and leisurely ride. Once prepared, William's body was eventually sent down the sign in a funeral procession, which only gave his body more time to decompose. Now, the funeral for such an accomplished king was expected to be an event that would fit a man of his station, or, at the least, be a respectful affair. It wasn't. William's body had been left so long that it had started to bloat, and it continued to bloat. It is believed that bacteria, which had likely started in his injured intestines, began to spread throughout the rest of his body. The longer the funeral waited to take place, the more his body filled with putrid gas. When his body and the accompanying envoy finally arrived in Khan, they were greeted by a fire that had broken out in the city, delaying the funeral from taking place. As well, the heat from the fire did nothing to help the smelly situation that was William's corpse. Due to the passage of time, there is an alternate story that says the fire first took place in Rouen while his body was still there. Either way, it further delayed his burial. And when the funeral was finally arranged, it had to once again be delayed over allegations that a local man had been cheated of the land where William had founded the church that he wanted to be buried within. The allegations had to be investigated, resulting in William's body waiting even longer and unfortunately, bloating even more. Eventually, the man was paid compensation for the land, and it appeared that the soldier king would finally have his grand funeral. But that's when everything took a disastrous and disgusting turn. His two oldest sons did not attend the funeral, and so only his youngest witnessed the strange turn of events. For weeks, William's body had been waiting for burial, weeks of decomposing and expanding, and he hadn't been a small man to start with. 
There are a few variations about the exact details of what occurred next. William's body was meant to be lowered into either a hole in the ground, a short stone sarcophagus, or a tomb in the church's foundations. Either way, everyone agreed that the space designated for the king's final resting place was far too small for his bloated body. When attendants lowered William's body into the space, it wouldn't fit. In an effort to get the long-awaited funeral over with, the attendants tried to make William fit in the small space by forcing his body and shoving it down. When they pushed down on his stomach, something horrible happened. The swollen body burst open. The story goes that the gathered crowd was immediately covered in William the Conqueror's putrefied innards and completely overwhelmed by the smell of decomposing flesh. Reportedly, people tried to run from the church in an attempt to escape the sickening mess and horrible odor. The Benedictine monk and chronicler Orderic Vitalis recorded that the swollen bowels burst and an intolerable stench assailed the nostrils of the bystanders and the whole crowd. Grotesquely, even after witnessing the body explode and possibly being covered in human remains, the horrified crowd still had to proceed with the funeral. Incense was brought into the church in the hopes that it would mask the reek of rotting remains, but apparently no amount of incense would cover up the disgusting smell. The funeral was hastily finished, and after his remains burst, they finally fit in the space designated for him. Those who attended the funeral then tried to forget the horror they had witnessed. Ultimately, and tragically, most who knew of the unpleasant turn of events agreed that the gross mistreatment of William's body and disaster of a funeral had been a fitting end for the gluttonous and ruthless king. Whether you agree with that assessment or not, next time you hear about the glories of William the Conqueror's accomplishments and reign, I bet you won't be able to help yourself from picturing the disgusting marvel of the bursting king. If you enjoyed this video, more intriguing true stories for you to explore will be popping up on your screen right now.